shit. Oh, is that Jeremy Piven? Way to go, no, man. it looks like him, right? That's Jeremy Piven. There, we get a first I can't, shot. I don't, I like do Norman not. Fell. He does not look like Norman Fell. I gotta, maybe I'll raise the volume, see if he sounds like Norman Fell. They so. wasted their actor here. No, these are comedic actors in a horror movie. It's perfectly apt to have them do something different. You know. Um, okay, so you got a B movie. It's going straight to video. If you want to help sell it, show me Mr. Roper. Show me Phyllis Diller. I want to see her wig on. You see what I'm saying? And what about yeah. this Peyton Place guy? Like, why cast him? Like, do we really know him? I mean, well, I mean, they probably got the actors they can get the actors for. Maybe they for you, Mike, role. you might like him from Police Academy Three. Yeah, I'm familiar of his work. Oh, you are. I've never seen Pain in Place. I've never read the book. I've never seen the movie. I've never seen the TV show. He was in the movie Airport 75, and he was in the movie For the Love of Benji. Right. That's when they kill cats and sacrifice them. Right. For the love of For Benji. For the love of Benji. <laughs> okay, this is really great. I want you to turn up the sound when Alrighty. it's time. Okay, look, Mike, be ready. Be ready, because it's one of the only funny things about the movie. All right, I have the sound on now. So. Well, I, then you're going to get discouraged and turn it down. You always do, as if we'll get arrested. I'll no, tell no, you I'm going to keep it going. Fortunately, the sound sounds terrible, so I can keep it in the background. Uh, there's an What's audience it? I'm talking about, Michael. Ba, 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 ba. Da, 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 da. Okay, she grabs the keys. Right. She runs for the elevator. The dog goes, sick him! He goes, sick him! So this is how the dog gets down into the moor. He can't get through. That's okay. Phyllis Diller to the rescue. Sick him! Right. Okay, keep the sound up because here comes our big joke. He got away with it. Love it. Phyllis Diller, take okay. the dog out. So there's a comedian in New Jersey, and I really don't appreciate it because I think it's too mean-spirited. But yes. that's his, not tagline, uh, catchphrase. That's his catchphrase. He does a joke about his ex-girlfriend, and uh -huh. then the audience screams out, fat bitch. And yeah. I think I, it's mean-spirited, but I mean, I've been around him so how many... often. How many years has he been doing this act? Like more, I don't know the real answer, but it's over a year. It's pre-pandemic, you know. Don't you? He might want to move on with his life, otherwise uh, he'll be that ex ex-wife comic. My ex-wife, six years of my ex-wife. Yeah, you know what? Move on. Write some new material. Maybe life after six years of being divorced. Maybe there's something else, you know. So when I was watching this movie and it came to that point. I did a clip, pretty much the clip I told you to put the audio on, uh -huh. and I sent it to him. Oh, all right. <laughs> You're so funny. He'll add that. That's good. The audience needs to hear. That's Studio Six. This sound, the sound on this movie is a little bit lower than I, I'm used to. Yes, that's really true. I had it at a hundred percent, and I could hardly hear. I got neighbors. I live in a mortuary. I don't want to wake up the zombies. Uh, yeah. Zombie poodles. That could be potentially dangerous. You know, maybe Phyllis Phyllis was talking to her dog. 
That bitch. Fat. Oh, that bitch. Oh, she said fat bitch. She, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. this guy's catchphrase is fat bitch. Yeah, I thought it was that like, bitch. You said like, oh, he should move on with his life. But this guy, he does his jokes aren't real. He, he's like a pun guy. He does like uh, he's a misogynistic pun guy. <laughs> divides like that fat bitch and jokes about that rhymes words that rhyme. He studied massage. Yeah, he's a misogynist now. And um, anyway, anyway, I'm not a fan of that catchphrase. I think it's mean spirited. But yeah, I'm, and you know what? You you have an audience, and half the audience is, you know, I mean, half the audience is women. I feel like in general, uh huh. But it's not true. It's usually the majority of women, and also like, it's just you can throw people out with that. It's not. It's not. I mean, whatever. Some some comedians, you know, they they stick with what they uh they die on the hill, they climb up, whatever the phrase is. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, guy. There's a cannibal in the mortuary. So right. So he. He had the vision that there were cannibals down – not cannibals. They're like undead, and they're eating corpses. I don't know. So then he comes down to like warn the other people, Jersey, and, and – uh, but she couldn't find them, okay? So here she is now witnessing, and they're going to go after her, of course. Right, of course. I mean, talk about fresh meat. They're eating corpses. Oh, right. Babies? What? Oh, no, those are dolls. Still, this is pretty They're sick. kids. They're kids. Yeah, it's a doll. Uh, They're Asian kids. They're, it's just, uh, you know, it could be gross, but you don't have to get in the bed. When you're I don't know. There was always, like, John Carpenter assault on uh, Precinct 13 and yeah. uh, Halloween 3. He would kill kids. You know, and there was a huge impact when that kid gets shot uh, at the ice cream truck. Do you remember that movie from the seventies? No. So no. these criminals take an ice cream truck and a, and uh, to take over a police district uh, precinct, and a kid goes up and he shoots the kid. Oh my God! Why would they put that in a movie? I mean, even because though... they they used to, and I guess they you know, well, why would you have like out of all the corpses, you got to make the kids? I mean, it's I guess it's creepier that way. I guess. No, this is Deep Roy. No, really? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> From Going Bananas, he wore a monkey suit. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jersey to the rescue. It's always Look a good out. Oh, of course he's got a gun. He's Jersey. Yeah, Jersey kid. I'm the Jersey kid. Shit, bullets don't work. Run. <laughs> I have a nickel every time I heard that. Hi, live bodies, un undead. Open the door. Ah, <laughs> uh, hi. Rat tail. Not Norman Fell. Look at that. That's not even a rat tail. That's like when your hair gets kind of. There he is. There he is, Mr. Roper. Do 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 do. Oh no, I'm not. I'm. I think I'm singing soap. The theme song, but the oh, Ropers are similar. That's what it is. I thought right. you were too young for soap because I was really little when soap was out. Soap went in syndication, so they would have the episodes oh, every night. So you okay. would watch five five episodes in a row in a week. You didn't have to wait every day. We had no week. idea we were binge watching. We were streaming. Well, what would happen is that you would miss an episode and then you would have to wait for the whole season to wrap. You go know around. what I mean? Like yeah, yeah go around. 
As soaps available on streaming services, I see. I, I think I actually tried to watch one. But the introduction was like six minutes long. Okay, we missed it. I don't know how we missed it. We were probably talking. But one of the women that they brought in uh, who had killed herself, her name is Dana in the show, um, she wasn't dead. Like whatever pills she took, pills or whatever, they thought she was dead, and she woke up. They were like, oh, no, it's undead. And she's no, I like, saw that. But they, did they kill her? No. Because she's like, hi, I'm not undead. How are you? Pleased <laughs> to meet you. How's your mom? What's your name? What do you mean, what's my name? Don't you want to eat my brains? Oh, no, thank you. I just had a bad accident. I, I'm, I don't really have much of an appetite right now. What? Okay. Are you undead? Yeah, I was dead a minute ago. You guys woke me up. I guess I'm undead. I'm undead now. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, you see the the cop who's bandaging her up, right? They they shot a move. The the end of the movie was supposed to be these two get married, and it was the first shot they made on November thirteenth. For some reason, it didn't end up in the movie. They did a little wedding thing in which they were married. Oh, that's romantic. I guess, yes. Ooh, do you think the movie betters without uh, a wedding at the end? I, I would have to see it. Right. <laughs> As it is right now, it has a horrible ending. It's like, okay, thanks. Thanks for coming. Okay, we're out of the building now. <laughs> that was close. Oh, yeah. We'll see you next movie. It's really late. The, the, oh. uh, from, from Dust to Dawn, they make it out and leave. Phyllis oh. has her key. Oh, so she's going down to the morgue? Yep, she doesn't know what's going on down there. She doesn't see the monitor from her... Peyton Place guy goes, it's no good. It's no good. The phones are dead. So Mr. Roper goes, did, did, did you dial nine? <laughs> oh, he goes, no. He dials nine. He goes, it's ringing. <laughs> <laughs> you should have heard his voice when he said it, though. He's like, that, it, it, it's the central switchboard. You, you got to dial nine. <laughs> and Norman Fell is really stretching this one. He probably wanted to to stray away from his iconic look. I guess, yes. He said, that is, will be fun. I'll do it. I mean, It is an iconic look. I mean, he's been in movies in the 60s, of course, the Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I think he was in Bullet. Or, but in movies yeah, like that. he was in Bullet. Yeah, he was in Bullet. So he's like a, you know, admin kind of short-cropped hair, tight suit. <laughs> he was Norman in Catch-22. It's a mad, yeah. mad world. Right. Mad, 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 mad. Him and... Uh, Buddy Hackett. No, no, him and Andy Rooney. Mickey Rooney. <laughs> I have to I have to see that movie again. No, Norman Fell shows up later. Be indifferent. Now with a budget of eight hundred and fifty thousand, right? The only right. two big there are three big ticket names. Peyton Place guy isn't really one, but you know he thinks he's one. And then you have Roper and Diller. So they gotta I don't know how much of that money. Like, did they get a hundred thousand each? You know, like, why not? I'll do it. You're gonna give me a hundred grand. Well, that's a uh, good pal money. 
yeah, like, you know, you get a pool, have the hot tub part, you know, 100 grand, yeah, 30 grand. And, you know, look, let's run down to Cancun, just, you know, two weeks, you and me, what do you say? Five thousand, eight thousand dollars gone. He so looks like Jeremy Piven, it's really hard. (laughs) Yeah. The ghouls eating children is not the, the upsetting part for me. Yeah, it's it's a uh, entourage dude not getting credited. Yeah, that's Ari, dude. Piv, it's the Piv. Uh, looking for these? <laughs> well, not looking for, but surprise! I just stole these. <laughs> what? Now that door leads. I mean, they have another door. The zombies are out. Uh. The zombies could be behind that door. It's basically uh-huh. a records room of the morgue. Well, well, I should have I should have gone with curtain number two. <laughs> it's a collection of data. Paper <laughs> forms. Show them what they won. The ghoulies are gonna show up, right? Well, throughout this whole film, up. Oh, it hurts him. His leg hurts him. Oh no! He did he get zombie? He's gonna turn into a zombie, right? He lays the heavy axe on his side. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah, I'm wrong about that. Oh no! That's the proper way of putting down an axe. Just you know. Now this is, box. this is the room where people's possessions, when they died, are in bags, and she's finding like pipe bombs <laughs> to serve the script. Oh, you mean someone, they found a dead body and they're like, oh, throw that in storage. Yeah, he's got his pipe bombs, put it in the bag. Look. Uh, Did they ever figure out how he died? Jeremy Piven's got a semi-automatic weapon now. Oh, man, this is the best. I wish I had a record room like that. I would be the best law firm ever. There you, there you go, Phyllis. Phyllis, why aren't you wearing your wig? Oh, Phyllis, will you close the door? You're going to let the zombies in. Now they hear Phyllis. Miss Poppin' Platts. Poopin' Platts. Right. Poop, yeah, Poopin' Platts. Oh, Poopin' Pants. Poopin' Platts. Is Platts pants in German? I don't think so. Platts oh. is like place or blah uh, kind of thing. So it's poop place. Yeah. Pooping place. Yeah, poop in place. But I don't think they mean like as if you're standing in place. They mean a physical location, like town, time, town square. Right. Deutschen Germans Platz. Oh, you mean like an outhouse? No, I do not. Well, yeah, if it's a Poopenplatz. The Poopenplatz. Haven't they ein Poopenplatz? Yeah, yeah. I forget how you say out back in German, but yeah. Come and see. Dieses here is wet. I can't speak German anymore. That was college. Okay, so she's hearing that crying girl with her doll, just like yeah. uh, uh, just Uh-oh. like Ashley did in the beginning. Is it is the demon gonna look in the camera? But look how human he is. Look how he's not undead. He's just covered with yuck. Isn't well, that I mean... interesting? You don't want to torment your child actor. Ah, wall monster. Feeling monster. They don't mind. Deep bro- oh, he's got a towel. The, the monster's not even going for Phyllis. Phyllis, come 
Uh Right. He's interested and fascinated by the dog. Now, Phyllis Diller has loved that dog since the movie began. But now she's like, fuck that. He's my distraction. And she's backing away. Oh, I would hate it if she wanted to take the dog. I mean, maybe she should. (laughs) Look at Phyllis. Fuck this. I am so scared. And now she's really scared. She's an actress. Whoa, no, that's that's a stunt for Right. And, okay, I didn't even need to tell you. Oh, I'm glad. I'm sort of relieved. (laughs) I want to see an obvious stunt for for, for getting. Yeah, I would hate to see, like, actual. (laughs) At 66. Yeah. Well, she she, uh, lived longer than this movie's release, right? Yeah, she did. Um, Let's see. Do I have when she died? Oh, by the way, she was in The Fat Spy, which we saw on our show. Yes, I know, which she was great in. Well, because, you know, it's funny. Fat Spy and then the Bob Hope, she has a very, not like Mae West, but a very anti-comedian acting style, Uh you know, which is like the energy of the room kind of doesn't suck it out, but she's her own force. Right. Which was, yeah, and I love it. I do love it. You know, but if you if she's going to be on stage, it's not as part of an ensemble. He's, yeah, but you kind of see the comedic moment, and then you just kind of undercut it, and see it. You know, it's not like she doesn't work with everyone. Everyone's so positive. Mm -hmm. But here she's playing it straight, as much as she can. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, her name not Ashley. It's uh Dana. Dana runs with the with uh, Jeremy Piven because he's got a gun, but that will lead to their. It's a romance that never comes to fruition because we don't see it on screen. This Dana, she was in this film. She was also in uh, Slavery and the Making of America, a 2005 movie. I don't have much info on it. So that's pretty recent. Or two thousand gross. Now look, he gets slime. He like feeds her part of his flesh. No, it's really gross. Yeah. Really rude. What a terrible demon. Yeah. Now nobody likes Phyllis Diller, but nobody deserves a slimy face full of (laughs) you know. He's a human. Let's get her out of here so she can yell another day. I mean, this is horrible. She, she's being so silly right now. She's acting, and she's going, wah, wah. He's really acting, man. I should have asked you to turn the sound on. Okay, you see that yucky, yucky thing on the ground? Uh, Yeah. It is a dead demon, and later the dog will <laughs> lick it up. Okay, now they're learning. He shot her in the shot him or her up in the chest, and that kills the undead thing. So they learn, and our psychic thinks that makes sense because their life force comes from the heart. Oh my God! Is that how is love going to save the day? Nope, <laughs> not at all. What about the psychic? What about her? He gonna save the day? He 
she will not save the day. No. Huh. She you know, it's interesting. Safe. I do like the idea of a psychic because if you start the movie off with a psychic, then you, as an audience, will accept you know demons and monsters. Yeah. Because the world already has. Yeah. So now we have a scene that's like not funny. It's disgusting, but it's I think it's meant to be funny. She's just sort of puking out the goo. It looks like butterscotch. She's just trying to spew out the slime. Listen, according to this box, this video box, this is a comedy. Yeah. Oh no! What the box dropped? It's a horror movie. Box drop. Wow, this is what the Nickelodeon studios must have looked like in the nineties. Yeah, with the slime. Yeah, everywhere. What a babe! Look at she's got a gun. She's gonna a supersonic yeah. gun. No, but she won't use it. What we're having now is us learning that, like, he's a protector and he wants to be with him and she doesn't want to use the gun. She wants him to use the gun. Yeah. Hammer. Let me close the studio window. It's freezing. All right. They hear each other through the uh, pipes, the air ducts, which kind of doesn't make sense because on an elevator, you don't have that. You have a shaft. And it is not part of the air duct system at all. You want it isolated. It's not clean. Um, the ducts are supposed to be about circulating uh, HVAC, circulating uh, uh, air conditioning, heating. So, um, so it doesn't make sense in the real world, but zombies don't either. So, okay. We'll forgive it. So this director, he had a heart attack in 2002, and it affected him. And he made a uh, he made an illustrated book. It's for all ages, but it's it's got like a cartoon kid in it. And the 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 proceeds go straight to the American Heart Association. Um, it's called Good Things to Share, and. Um, it's a book he wrote. It's inspirational. It's a picture book. Uh, I don't know anything else about it, so I don't recommend it or not. But uh, What's it called? It's called Good Things to Share. Because he had a heart open-heart surgery. Um, huh. It, like, profoundly affected him, and he did this, like, charitable thing. He made the book. The money goes to the American. Well, actually, it says a portion uh-huh, a portion. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know. But it feels like it's a nice thing. Oh, I'm sure it's it's for good reasons. Tax reasons. I, I just walked into your conversation. I was intrigued. And also, this movie is scary. I don't know how much of a watch. Yeah, I know. I think our safe word was up last time. Uh-huh. That's right. I think our safe word is uh, our Star Trek connection. Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek this connection. He's our Dave uh, Jeremy Piven is our Star Trek connection because he did some sculptures for Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, the the whales, the San Francisco one. Yeah, yeah, no, he uh, actually uh, built the invisible spaceship that landed that stayed in in Golden Gate. They spent six years on it. Well, he's 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 the. I want you to sculpt me every uh, except for the invisible one. I did I stutter. I want you to sculpt me. Every, <laughs> Everyone. Uh, yes, sir. Coming right yes, up. Yes, sir. Here. 
Yes. How's it going? Uh, it's going great, sir. I finished the first project. And which project is that? Uh, the Invisible Starship. <laughs> Let me see your work. Uh, it's in the parking see, lot. It, it's, it, they see the stand. Like yeah. in the conference room for his presentation, they're all lined up on their stands, and there's one blank, empty stand. <laughs> Well, you know, the Zoom, he's like, okay, let me uh, get the PowerPoint going. Well, and that's been my, uh, <laughs> Eddie Gunn. Yeah, you just had like nothing for three panels. Now we have the long drawn out backstory about trying to kill herself. And it seems to not be related to zombies. So why is it in this movie? And we don't see a romance start between them, we see Jeremy Piven begin to have empathy. Maybe that's all you need is a human moment. I guess, yes. I don't know why. Everything I say, you got to defend this guy. Yeah. I don't <laughs> oh, give it a break. This is the classic Key Largo moment where all the survivors are trapped on location and they're uh -huh. different, different Sorry. people. This yeah. is well done. Look, you, not, not it's been done before. Is well done. You didn't you watch the movie. I'm not going to watch this movie. I'm not listening to this movie. I'm not going to sit down and watch this in earnest. I'm just going to have my movie. Now, obviously, it's, I mean, it's good. Okay. Turn it on. Uh, no, turn it on. Listen. Oh. See if you can stand it. Turn okay. it. It's on, Carl. Don't be okay. snippy. Okay. No one's talking right now. Oh, Joke you. Sucks no, for one's, me. no one's still joking. Okay, there you go. I guess it's over. The movie just made a jerk out of me. I, I honestly like. Uh, I've I have seen better. I've heard better sound quality on porno cassettes. <laughs> cassettes, he says, not files. Ew! Stop it, Phyllis Diller. Ugh. Oh, Gerber baby, he looks like the Gerber baby. <laughs> when it's Ralphing. Maybe that's why she didn't want to wear her wig. That's a good fake vomit on it. <laughs> no, the director specifically requested no wig. Well, that's good. She's gone a long way since the Scooby-Doo <laughs> mystery movies. Mike, you say it's good, okay? But imagine you're a director. You got an 850000 budget. It's uh, probably your first... Yeah, I think it's your first feature. Yeah, it's 91. This is your first, your big shot to make it's a movie. Great, it's great trivia. It's great publicity. It's a great way to angle this movie. This is the movie where Phyllis Willard, Willard, uh, Phyllis Diller didn't Diller. wear a wig. I don't know who Phyllis Willard is. but Diller. Diller. But the thing is, is this movie on America's radar? Did it work, that talking point? You see it this is, I mean, this is a cult film. I mean, I'm sure there's lovers of it. I mean, this is this did reach the B movie art uh, archive too. <laughs> okay, this guy. It's a good movie. This is a good film. No, I can't. I can't say that. I haven't sat through this movie. Obviously, I don't think it's good. Follow my voice. Follow my voice. You see the, they're um, they're, they're to... getting to know each other. Got interrupted by undead. They're they're they're. Asking the undead to come follow their voice? No, they're asking Jeremy Piven and oh. uh, and uh, Dana. Don't give okay. up. Follow my voice. Come Hopefully. and get us. Fuck that. I'm not going in there. Look at hey. how the director shot this. Oh, it's great. 
No, it's terrible, Carl. You're it's absolutely right. Michael! <laughs> okay, we got hit. Uh, there's the Piv. There's the Piv and his submachine gun. Oh, oh no! What a the puppeteer. job by the director to surprise us with a freaking puppet. Frank Oz is in the chat. The director in his wisdom knows that the undead will totally run away from when you spray a, a fire, fire extinguisher. Yeah. Well, it was just to push back the... the, the it worked. Demon. See how good it was? The director needed to push back, and he got it. He must stink in that room. Get off a fire extinguisher? Yeah. These actors. <laughs> it's just one of those movies where, like, halfway through, you're like, why is Norman Fell still alive? Yeah. Well, no, he will check out very early. So will Phyllis Diller. Why are they in the film? How does it lend to... Wouldn't you make Mr. Roper the cop? No, I think what he's doing is great. I would, again, like, I would pay money, and this is good publicity. It's where Norman fell. I don't know what he's doing, but, you know, let him cut loose. <laughs> let him cut loose. <laughs> he's playing a mortician. Mr. Okay. The producers of the film first sought rocker Alice Cooper as an actor for key roles. That would have been cool. Yeah, I guess so. I guess, yeah, that would be cool. Eh, maybe a little too on the nose. They couldn't get up, so they got on the nose, but consider the, what we're watching. It would have. Yeah, it would have been at least a but, nice, nice relief to see him. Yeah. <laughs> what did we see him in? We saw him in. Uh, we're not worthy. Wayne's World, maybe two. Right. Yeah, you know it's interesting. He had a famous uh, manager. This guy, Jeff, uh, I think his name is. So uh -huh. uh, Mike Myers got introduced to him, I guess, through through Wayne's World. And one of the things this producer does is that he, you know, he'll let his friends sleep in his place in Hawaii, his house. And uh, so Mike Myers stayed there, and he made a documentary about him. Oh, interesting. Yes. <laughs> it's weird, you know. Okay, now this actor, his name is uh, Willie Stratford. And I don't know, he was known for Black Rainbow 89, The Runaway 2000, and The White Girl 1990. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember the film. So he, he did a, like, boo! He doesn't know what's going on. There's the mortician who killed himself. He just now killed himself. Why is he? The internet says he opened his eyes when the bag unzipped, but I have seen this movie like four or five times. That's how we know it sucks, Mike. And uh, I did not see that happen. Here's Phyllis Diller. No, wait a minute. She had the slime in her mouth. It got in her stomach, and now she is undeadified. She's a puppet? Yeah. Ow! Oh. What an effective ketchup stain. Was he the first guy to die in this movie? Uh, yeah. Did he grow up bigger I think yes. All right. Black guy dies first in this movie. All right. You, you got me. That is a trope. He's growing bigger. Yeah. Wait till you it's see. It's your ego. It's your ego. <laughs> Unmanageable. 
this is the worst Scooby Doo mystery. She would remember Scooby Doo had these movie mysteries where they would get uh, contemporary celebrities like Don Knox to to play themselves. I don't remember. Yeah, in the it, wait, was it still a cartoon? Yeah, it was still a cartoon. Yeah, it was like I remember that. It was a different series, so they would have Phyllis Diller, and I actually think that was good because it was a way for me to kind of see Phyllis Diller and learn about who she was at least. Right. You know? Like when they the, had uh, Smokey and the Bandit guy, the not cool one, the truck truck driver. Jerry Reed. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. He does Jerry a country Reed. song. He's a country singer, right? Right. Eastbound and down. Yeah. Well, that's what they said. They were like country singer and movie star Jerry Reed. How y'all doing? I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, she got zapped and in the chest too. That's where. That's gonna help. That's well, where the puppeteer is. That's where the heart is, I guess. And so they, and so Dana's after, and Phyllis wow. is dead and out of our movie for the rest of it. Ladies and gentlemen, Phyllis Diller. I wouldn't have done that, man. I would have had her all the way to the end. And that's our headliner. If you'd like to see more of Phyllis Diller, she'll be uh, at the merch table over by the uh, <laughs> coat room. Doing selfies and selling a T-shirt, $30, quite a bargain. Quite a bargain. Available for cameos. Hello, Zombie Phyllis Diller here. (laughs) Selling Fang T-shirts. Fang T-shirts. Is Fang here? Uh Uh-uh, honey. Uh Uh-huh. Now the disgusting Uh dog licks up this disgusting, like, undead viewer. Ah. Because they've been zombie poodles before. I mean, there was that Incredible Hulk movie. Yeah. It was like okay, weird. good. Okay. You, Michael, who think this movie's so great, you got to hear the dialogue in the script. I wish I could hear the dialogue. If I could hear the dialogue, that means my hearing is back. Now, she's going to reveal why she didn't want to come forward and help. She's very apologetic. Let's listen. Fine. No, I'm the one who should apologize. Good. Let me hear what they're saying, Mike. I have it at maximum volume. Okay, you just relay it to the audience then. People have I turned away? Yeah. No audio. Nothing makes sense anymore. Just nothing makes sense. Either one something for me. From people want something from her. But if someone wanted to burn something, something. No, or people wanted to burn me at the nearest stake. Like you, you can't be tortured by this dialogue if you're. Carl, listen, I'm transcribing. Sigh, dramatic sigh. Big, uh, big. All right. Sega. 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 I want something my own film. No. Wrong again. Oh my god, Jeremy. Correct. Wait, wrong. Jersey. It's Jersey. Oh, Jersey, right. Oh my god, he he can't take his 7-up. His V8. But then all of a sudden, Jersey will be fine. Inexplicably. Yeah, no, I think... Fucking bleeding out your mouth means you're you're in bad shape. 
well, tell that to this director because he changed his mind. Forklift. Forklift. And it's like that, that is not a compelling speech, right? Right. We weren't connected so, with it. So this forklift is more compelling. Right. That's what we should be focusing on. And if it was my movie, Phyllis Dillard would be riding the forklift. You know, you made an excellent point, Carl. If this was my movie, I think Phyllis Diller would survive the night. Oh, absolutely. And Norman uh, Fell would be like the detective who gets all the cool lines, you know, and you runs hate... around with his gun. Why do you hate Jersey so much? Uh, it's just he's a dud. Okay, you were on Peyton Place and you, when you were young and handsome with black hair. Okay, what else did you do? You were Roger Corman's boy. You were in Police Academy, Airport, and for the love of Benji. So right? you're saying that the problem with Jersey is there's nothing to do. It's nothing but to do with Jersey. You look, yeah, there's nothing to do with Jersey. You look at his face and you don't say, hey, that guy, I know that guy. They forklifted his face. Oh, they're not going to kill this guy. Yeah, they're going to kill him because they got his chest. Lift else him. Is? Lift him. When I called the lift, I didn't mean you. Yeah. Are you my Uber? Because I called the lift. <laughs> that wasn't a funny pun. That fat bitch. And that's been my pun. That bitch. Good night. Whatever. He's he shouldn't like. Oh, you're back on posting with his his uh. Whatever the guy's name. Do, do you want to plug him? I haven't seen him. You're just shit His name is Steve Poston. He was on our Celebrity Comedian Countdown. He's uh, he's a very funny person. I am not a fan of his catchphrase. Right. All right, Steve, take it from take it when you're a friend of the pod. Take it from us. Drop that. You're better than that. The audience is better than that. I tell you, Mike, he won't do it because every time he says that, he does get a big laugh. Now, he's making a mistake. He doesn't understand. People are being polite. He just doesn't get it, and I'm not telling him. Okay, this is the poodle. The poodle has grown. I know. It's like on two legs. Right, and it's not in the same room as the guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't believe that they were really looking at that uh, that poodle. <clears throat> they said, roll him. Now, where are we? Staircase. Staircase. Want to reprocess that thought, Mike? Oh, a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. Why? Because you're a woman and, you know, you're not going to want to look at my butt. Yeah, okay. right. I'm okay. not wearing a dress. Now is not the time. Oh, no, your stupid rabbit's foot. Right. The guy who doesn't believe in zombies believes in his luck of his rabbits, but... He, does he believe in psychics? Did he tell her before he met? I think at this point, he can't not believe. Uh, well, what... Oh, I thought it was an eclipse. Now, look, she can't get up right. because of her weight. So that's the first time that plays into this movie, except for two insults that Phyllis Diller does. Right, the, the fact, 
But this is also like a Poseidon adventure, right? Didn't Sally uh, Winters get Sally Winters had to swim. Yeah, she gained weight for the film. We covered this, I think, yeah, last Yeah, that's right. Because it required her to be a fat woman, and she needed to work, and she never lost the weight. Yeah. I mean, that could just be a story, too. Also, this is some kind of workplace. You got to consider the fact. Oh, you mean that might be her? Like, like I'm embarrassed, so I'm making up a like a story about it. That's good publicity. Uh huh. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Well, I mean, you need publicity I, before a film comes out. Not. I, I I do believe that she probably did gain the weight for the movie. I do believe the story, but uh, I mean, life is life, so who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Other than that. Uh oh. Whoa! Giving her you, the slip. You dummy poodle, you'll get smushed! You dummy poodle. Stupid mutt. You dumb, dumb poodle. Listen. <laughs> Alright, there we go. Ashley! She's what? She's putting a leash on the dog. Yeah. What is she, Wiley E. Coyote? Good trick. <laughs> Oh no, flaming zombie gas. poodle. There's natural gas down there. This is where the comedy comes in. Yeah. Flaming <laughs> zombie like poodle. Yeah. Oh no. Wah wah wah. Gooby doo. Uh, radar mysteries. We'll be back. Wah wah wah. Scooby doo. Radar mysteries. Come on, Phil Stiller. You're taking too long, Bone. Don't, don't boss me around, dog, or you'll find yourself in a leash. Oh. Phyllis Stiller. You better not mess with Phyllis Stiller. <laughs> or I'll make lamb chops out of you, Scooby. Excuse me, is this the way to the Renaissance Fair? Thomas <laughs> Jane. <laughs> Oh, da, 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 da. Yes, hello. Yeah, hi, I am Thomas Jade, star of The Punisher. Thanks for asking. Okay, so Ashley fell on her ass. Now, the dog blew up from the natural gas, but That's she the good fell news. all the way down, done, gone, boom. That's the bad news. That is the bad news. But she's like, go help Jersey, because I'm secretly like, you know, I don't Jersey's know. Jersey's alive? Oh, yeah. He's trapped down there. He's he's alive. No, he. It's not explained. There's a full recovery, and we don't see it on screen, and it's unexplained. Now, she thinks she's safe, and she's just got to wait. But here comes Zombie Poodle. I thought you were dead. Oh, oh this is the surprise. Like in the Terminator, when the Terminator pops out, the Zombie Poodle shows up. Now she just smushed her way. Right. The roof back down into the catechism just to get away. Now, if Jersey could fall down the staircase in the beginning of the movie, psychic could go to the floor. She went all the way down that big, tall ladder, and she was like, oh, that really smarts. And then she forced her way. She just found the pipe bombs in the evidence room. That's not the right word. The uh, When everyone dies, their possessions are stored there that were on them. Including pipe bombs. Oh, they're almost getting out, Carl. This is the end of the mirror. That's it. Once you walk through the door, the credits roll. 
That's right. <laughs> it's really true. You're right, Mike. It's like when you play a video game and somehow you get to the end, but you didn't like solve half of it. So there's like a big end. Right. You just can't proceed until you do something else. Okay, she's putting the pipe down. The we pipe bomb get... to blow the door so she can get out of there. She'll light it, but who should show up? Poodle. Poodle. Just as she, you know, the thing's fusing to blow up. That's so frustrating. I mean, you poodle. find a pipe bomb in the in the deceased inventory, and then suddenly a poodle. What's that mean? Ah, poodle. It's the inventory, and it's so frustrating. Why is the so weird? I mean, it's it's not creepy anymore. It's a great film. It's a comedy too. It is a comedy. I intended. (laughs) (laughs) You are laughing, just like I intended. It was a comedy all along. (laughs) Oh no, fetch! Oh. Bam! So they escaped the living dead mortuary because a poodle mistaken the explosive for a bone? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a comedy. Now that you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> They're back outside! Oh, that means only one thing. Long National Nightmare is almost over. No, not yet. Oh, they did they really walk through the explosives? Like now, the, the what smoke? did they resolve exactly? Right? Nothing. There was Nothing some sort of curse on a family and they made undead. And I guess they killed all of the undead. So that's it. They're done. I guess. No, no I more can't. running. No more running. No more. No more psychic king. You don't have to psychic anymore. I think the oh, they- gospel dropped. Oh, look, they showed up. They were outside already. No, they must have come. Yep, out they were outside already. And we were with our hero for her final trial and tribulation. Her now final those, escape from the depths of hell. There's hugs all around, and we were supposed to see a wedding. There's no connection to the hugs. You're right, that corpse body. So weird. Well, I'm, I, I kind of like that, her early premonition. <laughs> hey. Lucky rabbit's foot, am I right? Oh, come on, put that away, psyche. I guess it was lucky I had my keys today. Otherwise, we wouldn't have that luck. And I wouldn't be able to drive here because I wouldn't have my keys. And uh, so most shows, like, end with them laughing. Yeah, but this ends with relief. They're hugging relief. Yay, Uh, what a piece of crap. Carl, what do you think of this piece of crap? I think that you just contradicted anything I said, and you had no idea if it was good or bad. You should trust trust the man who watched it three times. That's all you have to say. This was a piece of shit. Oh, and uh, Floof Plums were played by Benny. Mm-hmm. Dog was forced to go through the motions. So let's watch some puppetry uh, credits. Anything exciting? Uh, uh, good question. All right. Well, there's a ses- second second assistant director. <laughs> oh, Brian, where's my coffee? <laughs> Listen, I'm tired of shooting the exteriors. Oh, Brian, take over. Yes, sir. It says location casting, so they got their big guns. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they had the location. There we go. Backwoods film effects. Yeah, Gosh. backwoods. Oh, I guess, I guess so. 
of course james helped with the you know the director helped with yeah the, the director makeup. helped with the makeup of yeah maybe he's, yeah. he's great at that yeah the makeup was storyline acting and the movie wasn't necessarily <laughs> where's wardrobe wardrobe assistant of claire alexander oh the uh, boom operator he did those pipe bombs oh really yeah because it was boom he was the boom operator come he on operated boom, boom operator, operator. coast to coast la to chicago Ooh. operator no need to ask do we have sound on this film no need to ask i got the boom operator oh really can you bring him in please Boom <laughs> operator. Uh, I want to see the puppet talent music. I think we're done. We're wrapping up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been the Boneyard. Yeah. Some interesting characters, but oh, uh, some interesting there's casting. There's a song called Braveheart playing. Why don't you listen? It's horrible. You should listen. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I need someone who knows. Statesville Chamber of Commerce. Yell Davis Hospital. Yeah, the old. Well, I mean, that could be the name of it. Uh, that's probably where they did all the, we're in the morgue shots. I mean, it must be, of course. Right. Oh, my God. This movie is a boondoggle. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, I mean, if you like grotesque so comedy... If you're into horror and, you know, you'll probably like this. Thanks, George Martin of Beatles fame. Well, right, yeah, the fifth Beatle is to blame on this one. Why wasn't he doing the sound mixing? That seems like a much better fit. All right, and uh, I think we're almost there. We've got the, the, the brave heart going. Boom operator. I think that should be on the song during the wedding, but what do I know? They, they shot should, it? You know what they should do is that after the end credits, they should have a scene of the wedding, like them getting, you know, breaking glass and walking down the aisle or something. Jewish a wedding. Bridge. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that has been 1991's The Boneyard. Let's give it up for Carl for watching that movie three times uh, before watching it again. Yeah, this was four. I kind of didn't count it this time because, I don't know, it was muted and you were disputing me the whole time. Oh, I was saying how great and, you know, give the guy a break, Carl. It's not like you just <laughs> watched this movie three times. So we're seeing exposition now about why she doesn't want to help as a psychic anymore. And it's really drag-assy and long. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I guess she's just letting the actors do what they do, right? It's, isn't it developing yeah, it's character? Setting, yes, yeah, it's developing character. The movie you haven't seen. Yes, Michael. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I hate this movie. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new movie. It'll be uh, next week because we're here every week. We want you to uh, enjoy this. If you enjoyed the experience of streaming this live and, and watching a movie live, come back next uh, Sunday at 2 p.m. If you uh, take your time like I do, listen to the podcast. I'm the only listener. Go ahead and download. Go 
subscribe to our podcast at LWAFLMOYT. Check out, subscribe to our YouTube channel and just uh, be supportive. Uh, love each other and uh, keep it cool, I guess. Uh, Carl, anything? Do love each other. Keep it cool. And something's wrong with carlsucks.com. Go to carl.suck. Carl.suck. Much better. No one's fucking with that domain. Bingo. Yeah. All right. Sounds great. Well, uh, we will talk to you soon. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch. on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Ah, let's watch a full-length movie on you. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. Looking forward to today's movie. And yeah. uh, it's a real, uh, you know, and it's a new year. Welcome to the new year once again. Once again. I, I believe this is our second show this month. Yes. Yes. yes right. <laughs> Fingers crossed. You are listening to us on mutinyradio.fm. Every Sunday at 2 p.m., we are sandwiched in between a full day of entertainment, uh, Found Round Sound, 
Moscato is at noon Pacific Standard Time. Ugly Sundays. After us. After us. And that uh they usually go like four hours. It's really good. All so right. check out Muni Radio. You can go to muniradio.fm. You can subscribe to our podcast feed. Just search for the acronym L W A A F L M O Y T. Yep. And also subscribe Easy. to our YouTube channel. Did I just say that? What 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 is the name of the YouTube channel? Let's L watch L W A F L M O Y T. Oh, you know yeah. sign language too, like me? Yeah. Well, well someone asked me what my podcast was, and I went, Oh. And they punched me in the face. Uh, anyway, so we are excited. Carl is excited. We are watching a really exciting movie on YouTube. We want you to join us. Let us watch a full length movie. It's a movie that I read about. It's on YouTube. I'm really excited to see this one. We want you to go to YouTube. We want you to find this movie. We want you to listen to us and watch the movie at the same time. If that's too much work, just subscribe to the podcast. Carl takes care of it after our the production. The YouTube channel. The YouTube channel. Subscribe what did I say? to it, the podcast. And it is the same thing. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I've done yeah. the hard work. Yeah. You've actually listened to our podcast, which is uh, yeah. hard work in itself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Boom, we, boom. Muni Radio is, uh, you can go ahead and donate to Muni Radio at Muni Radio on Venmo. Got it, Ben. Oh. They're on Discord. Carl, I would love for us to hang out on a Sunday afternoon and uh -huh. listen to our show and just take questions from Discord. On and the that'd Muni be Radio interesting. We, yeah. we, 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 we listen to our show in real time and we stay, do, do we show a video of ourselves? No, we just chat. Whoa. I guess we could just chat or I don't know how, what a Discord is, but Mutiny Radio has one, and L W A F L M O Y T has its own Discord right. away from Mommy and Daddy uh, uh, Mutiny, Mutiny Radio. Radio. Yeah, mm -hmm. so you can check us out there. You can Is check us that out. That's the one we'll be on, or will we be on Mutiny? Maybe we could tell Mutiny because I don't think Mutiny's kind of barren. So if we spend two hours on it, it's going to be yeah. there forever. Yeah, maybe we could do it. Maybe we could say, "Hey, check us out on L W A F L M O Y T Discord." Instead of the Mutiny Radio Discord. All right. Uh, well, we'll. Uh, what do you? Which one do you want to do? You want to do Mutiny because there's. The, well, we could say, "Hey, we're at Mutiny." I, I have executive decision. Let's I say we do, we do it the first time on Mutiny, and we yeah. clog up their Discord channel with our stuff. Okay. And then yeah, yeah. Well, keep us start, Christine. Anyway, Carl, I'm really excited. What is the movie we are watching this week? Today we will watch Dead End 1937. Dead End okay. 1937. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. I don't need to tell you how to spell dead or end or 1937 even. But the channel we like is The Immortal Sun. I was just telling Carl, like, these names on YouTube, they're getting a little cocky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think well, we're reaching prime names. If the sun names. is immortal, does that mean that the father will not no. was not immortal and the and the yeah. son's kid will not be immortal. Yeah. So it's and then, the right. son. Yeah. His kid is probably like a million years old right now. Yeah. What no, if you were immortal now? That would suck. You would miss decades of centuries of like enjoyable life. Oh, now. yeah. We missed all the good stuff. Oh, I'm immortal stuff. now. What? Right before the apocalypse? Fuck. That's why, like, if someone says you could be immortal, I'm like, yeah. 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 It's too late. Too I, late. I, I, uh, sure, for 1600s. Okay, well, imagine how boring it's going to be when the like world destroys itself, like when we are extinct and you're still around. 
Oh, what a bummer. <laughs> you can finally catch up on your TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> if there's TV. Oh, God, that'd be horrible. Oh, what a horrible thought. Okay, so we want you to go type in Dead End 1937. Find yeah. The Immortal Sun is hosting the movie. Click the link, hit pause, move your timer to 000. We're really excited. Carl has interviewed a celebrity comedian. That yes. celebrity comedian is going to tell a little bit about his or her life, their life. And then uh, they're going to do the celebrity comedian countdown. And when they say go, you're going to hit the button. Give you a couple of minutes, find the movie, get yourself ready, meet a new person. Carl, take it away. <laughs> right. Stand by, we're having technical difficulties. With your ingestion. Don't bogart the Humphrey, dude. <laughs> Wait, we're seconds away from that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Alex Grubard. Hello. Hey, I'm Alex. How are you guys? Thanks for having me, Carl. So we see each other out there on the comedy scene, some open mics, some shows and stuff. But I'm wondering if you're a relocated Philly comic. I am in, in one way or the other. It depends how you're asking. I did live in Philadelphia for almost seven years uh -huh. before moving to Jersey City, New Jersey, which is where I live now, where we're the, the epicenter of where we're running into each other. Yes. The epicenter of the tri-state area, Jersey City. Everybody Certainly. knows that. Uh, you know, Newark thinks they're above us. And New York City, they're down to Biff, I think. It goes Jersey City, Newark, Philly, Long Island, New York. That's how I see things. <laughs> but, That's a unique perspective. Well, I'm a unique guy. I see the world through rose-colored glasses out here. <laughs> the town I live in is the coolest. Yeah, yeah I do. City. But I do love it. Yeah, I mean, I loved Philly, too. I lived in Philly for almost seven years. It was phenomenal. What a town. You're definitely a for real ass comedian who is in the clubs. I mean, you're regular on the circuit of what helium, uh, punchline, wisecracker. So you're out there. And one of the things I wanted to highlight about your career is an extremely successful show. It has toured the country, and this is weeding out the stoned. It's like a game show. There's like yeah. one person who's not stoned. I'm seeing here Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, San Francisco, where we're broadcasting out of L.A., Buffalo. Tell me about uh, Weeding Out the Stone. How did it happen? What's it all about? Where are we going to be next? Uh, Weeding Out the Stone is the game show of sobriety tests. Like you said, it's a pack of comics. They're all high but one. We play a series of sobriety test games, and after each game, the audience eliminates somebody they think is high to try and leave the sober person left at the end. Uh -huh. And everybody wins prizes. So, yeah, it is a game show. I mean, at the time, living in Philly, there were a lot of um, – I started the show in 2015. But I had started other game shows like the year before. I did this show called Curses, the game show of swears, obscenities, and censorship. Uh -huh. I did another show called Electile Dysfunction that was an entire political season inside of 90 Minutes. So it was like, you know, you you announce your candidacy over the internet, you make a campaign video, the show happens, we air the campaign video, they come out, they make speeches, throwing their hat in the ring. Then, uh -huh. you know, we do a debate, we do questions, then they go out, we do a vote, then they come out and do concession speeches and victory speech. It was like, uh, no, both of those shows were fun. They would start to get a little press, like local press. Um, but then we did Weeding Out the Stone, and it was just like, Oh, this is an instant hit. This was yeah, we we're instantly selling out. Um, 
how that all those kinds of shows happen. So a lot of people were doing gimmicky shows like high concept, quote unquote, talk shows, game shows, variety shows. Right. And these two people like um, Kate Bamford and Aaron Evans, they uh, decided to throw a festival. Like I said, they just, they just happened. And so they threw a festival called Five Dollar Comedy Week, and it was thirty brand new shows. Every show is five dollars for a week, so like four shows a night. Gotcha. So you know, I did like these things are happening around that time. The third five dollar comedy week is when I pitched weeding out the stone. Because truth is, I also realize as a guy who had lived in New York as a you know twenty two year old, I'm like these festivals don't just fall out of the sky like this. That's like a really cool, fun thing. You can make, they give you a percentage of the door It's in this town. I live in, I don't have to travel and it costs nothing to submit. So yeah. I was like, I'm just going to submit all the time. And not, and really, I mean, I'm not kidding. I just was in the bathroom. Every time I was in the bathroom, I'm just rattling off show <laughs> ideas to them. Just firing them off on my phone. I'm just like rate my professor.com the show you know, the Tumblr show, the Twitter show, whatever. And so like, I mean, million little ideas like that. Um, and it was super fun. I thought it was so fun to like, think of them, you know, world's strongest magician, you know, just whatever. Yeah. Or something at the wall. Cause they even did things like, that were like the bit show where it would be like a series of shorter shows. Okay. So like a 10 minute show, then a nine minute show, then an eight minute show. And so sometimes like I would one time just submitted like the Philadelphia Eagles. And it was just like guys in, uh, Eagles jerseys playing Eagle Eagles songs. Okay. And, you wow, know, that's interesting. Exactly. So it's like a lot of bits. I did a bit uh, that I actually turned into a Weeding Out the Stone game. It was a, a bit show. It was like a three-minute show. It was called Helium Comedy Club. Helium was the big club in Philly. He is still. But it was just uh, comics take some helium. They just like you know, <laughs> suck in helium and then tell a joke. Helium Comedy Club. <laughs> so it was like, and there were tons of shows like that. So the bit show was always like, it doesn't even have to be a real show. You don't have to do it for an hour. You can do the thing on this other thing for two minutes. And we're yeah. just a gag. It's a bit part of the weeding it's out the joke. stone. And then it becomes, a, and then I got, you know, thinking things like that. I got better at thinking of games and writing a run of show and writing at, writing a press kit and putting all these things out so you can actually book venues. And, you know, I think having your own show, even I think of it like having my own TV show, even though it's mm -hmm. obviously not on TV yet. And not for nothing, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to put a huge production on, essentially a big production that's being filmed for nothing. But, yeah, you know, yeah. you figure it out, DIY or die, <laughs> you know. It's because um, you love it. I love it. I mean, I love the game show thing. I think they're super fun. At the time, around all this time going on, I definitely had this thought in my head of like what is a since the internet is getting bigger and streaming platforms and etc and this is seven eight years ago i'm talking about i was like well what's a show that just because of what it is it can't air on television it has to air on the internet so i was like yeah. a show about curse words you uh -huh. know and then i kind of got to yeah a show about marijuana you know about cannabis and that kind of stuff like i said it was an instant hit and I had already been doing game shows like once a month, like all year. So then I was just like, insert weeding out the stone into this monthly slot at this venue. Only got bigger and bigger, you know, it was it was nuts. So yeah, that's weeding and weeding's still going. You know, yeah. I've got a show December 3rd in New York City and I'll go on tour again next April and, you know, all that kind of stuff. April seems to be the month for it, right? April, April is, is the, the weeding out the stone month. It has been. 
you like it's kind of one of those like i can't do enough shows in april and then like may is like fine by the summer honestly like college kids are like home and it's a little like it's not our season but then back in the fall it's pretty good um but april it just builds to april (laughs) it's like uh it's ridiculous now you mentioned helium it's a huge club but it's also where you recorded your comedy special. They invited you to do it. Let me <laughs> yeah. teach you how to distill gin. What a weird title. Let <laughs> me teach you how to distill gin. Was, is that a bit of yours or how did that become yeah. the title of it? Yeah, that's a joke of mine. And I just uh, thought it would be, I, I was, you know, talking to another comic and like throwing ideas for the title at him. And I, you know, it's a, a buddy of mine that was like the only one he liked <laughs> out of the titles Perfect. i think i was probably trying to be a little too um oh but i kind of almost wish i ri- wish i titled it just gin <laughs> or something yeah. Or, yeah or whatever i don't know because it is long but it's then yeah you the distilled gin now it's it's regularly played on sirius xm what yeah. what what are the what channel is it on uh so, one of the comedy Again, yeah, I mean, I forget exactly. There's like five of them. There's Comedy USA, and I have some tracks that are explicit and some that aren't. So Uh it's like the way that that works, from my understanding, is like there's Raw Dog, there's Comedy USA. Raw Dog does, they will play dirty stuff. Comedy USA doesn't. There's a couple of others, I think. Mm -hmm. I think there's five um, that play comedy regularly. And they do things like seasonally sometimes. So like I have some college stuff that I think gets played around the college, like going back to college stuff. Mm-hmm. So I went back to college, you know, we yeah. uh, got a lot of material on that. And that stuff is pretty clean. So like I've got, you know, it's like a third of my track is kind of explicit and the rest is pretty clean. Okay. Now, Alex Grubar, G-U-R-U-B-A-R-D, G-R-U-B-A-R-D. AlexGrubar.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at Alex Grubar. I'm Alex Grubar on, like, everything. everything. Uh, yeah, I've got, you know, a link tree, all that kind of stuff. But if you just go to AlexGrubar.com or find me on Instagram, you'll probably find everything pretty easily for just straight yeah. up me. And then there's WeedingOutTheStone.com, and there's a Weeding Out the Stone account for, like, also everything. You can follow me or Weeding Out the Stone on Bands in Town, even, and find uh-huh. out when I've got shows for either one. Um, there's, you know, I've got just accounts out there with yeah, just pretty straightforward. But if there's one info. place, is it alexgrubar.com? Uh, alexgrubar.com, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and you'll yeah. find everything else there. Yeah, all my social media are linked there, and yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, now Alex Grubar. Everyone at home is poised to press play at the exact same same time we do here in the studio. We're all going to watch this YouTube movie together. So why don't you go ahead, Alex Grubard, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right, all right. Here we go. All right. Thanks for having me, by the way. Guys, get ready. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian, for the Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Thank you, Samuel Goodwin, for presenting this film. Now, this isn't Goldwyn Mayer era. This is before the merger. This is before Mayer. Samuel Goldwyn was completely active on this film, producing it. Samuel Goldwyn Minor. Well, you know, there's a Samuel Goldwyn production movie house. Like, there's Uh a, a um, a production company called Samuel Goodwin, I believe. You see how Humphrey Bogart was listed first? Yeah. Yeah, that means we're watching not the first release. When the first release came out, 
uh, Claire, I forget her name. She's not in front of me right now. She was, she had top billing, uh, and it was not cool. So they fixed it in later release. What, he became like a superstar two seconds later, and they're like, well, oh, shit. I mean, yeah, he had already been a superstar. Um, uh, he, he, had done a, he had done another film. It's not right in front of me right now, but he had done another film in which he was a gangster. And so they just said, hey, he'd be good for this. And he just got it because it was easy. He had already had some success. Okay, here's our. We stayed New York in the river for many the years. The dirty banks of the East River was lined with the tenements of the poor. Then the rich, discovering the river traffic was picturesque, moved into the houses eastward. I said it right, picturesque. Picturesque. And now the terraces of these great apartment houses look down in the windows of the tenement poor. That's not a very good job of gentrification if you get to look down at the tenement poor. Maybe that's what you want. Like, you look down, you literally look down on the poor. Well, you'll see in this film, they literally look down on the poor. Now, what we're seeing right now is an extremely elaborate movie set. Interesting. They built those flannels? Yeah, they were going to be, They were going to do this, of course, on location in Manhattan. You see, this started as a play, so okay. you, you know... But what we're looking at right now, it really that's a painting in the background. It oh. really is a a big lot. Now this lot would get uh, they would throw uh, garbage. You see how clean it looks right now? Ish, yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, Mayor would walk around. Goldwyn Mayor would walk. Ugh, oh, look at them! There's Sam. the fancy pants. Good old Sam. Yeah, he would say like, "Clean up this set," and the director's like, "It's a slum." So every night he would go and clean it up himself personally. And he insisted that the opening. This guy is sleeping on the wrong side of the docks. <laughs> Not the tracks, the docks. Yeah, like it's you can tell this is a miniature because there's a Lionel train behind it. That's now a big building. Richie Rich apartment building. And to the in front of him where he's walking is like a tenement building. Didn't Richie Rich have a friend who's like his little poor friend? I I read I a lot remember. of Richie Rich, but I don't remember that. All I remember is Jackie Joker. Is that a problem? <laughs> he, had, he had a comedian friend. Poorie poor. Poorie poor. <laughs> the poor little poor boy. Rich okay, boy. so now we're going to get a little slice of life in the poor people tenement thing. Now this, this oh, hey, watch it. I'm throwing, a, I'm going through garbage here. Oh, there's Oscar. Now he's gonna pretend that a bug gets on him, and we'll see the really see real life bugs later. Oh, here's the rich contrast. Oh, that's their aquarium. <laughs> I know it's a bird it's a cage. Bird, yeah. Get it, Carl? It's a. It's they're in a prison. Now look how they Gilded literally cage. look down on the tenements. Yeah. Now, that's a bad balcony as an example because it's so low to the ground, but they'll get into a scuffle with the rich boy there. Now, hey. who will? Who will? The Dead End Gang! Now, one of the reasons why I was really excited to see this movie is because the Dead End Gang made about, I don't know, 150 million movies. Uh, they and made, yeah, 60. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there was like 60. And 60 it's, movies it's, in 20 years. Yeah, well, I remember there was like a fake one and then one that would have one of the originals like there's a couple of people in this yeah, movie it, it broke off there was three groups there were the dead end there were four there was the dead end kids we're seeing them right now we'll see right. them in eight movies 
the little tough guys, the East Side Kids, and the Bowery Boys. So they went Bowery through different Boys. phases. Now this guy right here, the little yes. Jughead, he's like in every single one, right? Like yeah, he's he's the glue. He is that well. Spit is the glue, and to his left there is Dippy, and he's glue too. If you don't have those two, one of those two, you might as well not make a Bowery Boys movie. What I what fascinates me about the Bowery Boys is that it's just like funny broad slapstick. You know, it's it's fifty minutes of your comedy. Eleven oh nine Valencia at twenty seconds in San Francisco. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship. As we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Holy Patrick, Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. This all-ages open mic invites Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing two to five dollars at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio Studio and Gallery Performance Space, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep mission. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. Come watch your favorite John Hughes 80s films through a whole new lens. We'll have the subtitles on and the volume low while a panel of feminists critique these beloved movies that shaped a generation with sexist, classist, homophobic, racist plots and characters and settings along with a healthy dose of damage property. Hosted by staunch feminist Pam Benjamin at Mutiny Radio, Join us 215 for 16 Candles with Warren Kraut and Emma Brennan. 
3-1, The Breakfast Club with Spencer Devine and Dominic Delgadillo. 3-15, Pretty in Pink with Nina G and Allison Reynolds. And 3-28, Some Kind of Wonderful with Mel Michelle. Hey, it's really exciting. We're going to be here. 278 121st Street screening John Hughes Films with you. 6 o'clock every other Wednesday, Mutiny Radio. Hey, kids, it's your pal, Spiderman. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. When I'm not swinging through the senior facility, best in Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the rhino, I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck. And donate two to five dollars on. Hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses. The print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown in on. Hold on. It's nap time. The year is 2023. Oh, I wish that laughter had value. And the unexpected laugh was priceless. Worry not. True entertainment has brought us a savior. In who's that live.com. Oh, finally, an escape from the apocalyptic nightmare I live in. You can go to who's that live.com and buy comedy tickets. And you're in a raffle, I guess. True, 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 true productions. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. is when the comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming live at 278 21st Street. Come down, be in the audience. Dog-friendly. Dog fr- we are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog-friendly. A dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. <laughs> dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. <laughs> Happy hour, Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Here in Dot SF. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed vests right here at the Pacific Northwest Vest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. 
Never pay for fabric you don't need. Ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we gonna do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans of Comedy. That That's Titans of Comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. My new Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. For free! Every Saturday, or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates have to see you. It's sunshine, and even but not too much. And Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. You take it west of Razor's... Reservations on Eventbrite. Talk in public schools. In the tri-level dual world of stand-up comedy, laughter has value and the unexpected laugh is priceless who is that live.com comedy local shows on sale now everyone that purchases a ticket will automatically be entered into a true drawing who wants to focus on the genre of stand-up comedy and those that that? go to who is that live.com for upcoming shows Radio
and fapping.
hard to do without digging yourself in deeper. It's also scary, and that's why we avoid the pain. We want so badly to plead our case and tell our story. ...and how they participated. It's hard to untangle facts and feelings. For me, as a person in comedy, I'm constantly weighing what I feel comfortable saying. There are big differences between what you say on live television and what you say at dinner, but you realize you have to be responsible for all of it. Each performer has to figure out what feels right. I'm a strong believer in free speech, and I've spent most of my adult life in writer's rooms. I have a high tolerance for touchy subject matter. There isn't a taboo topic I can think of that I haven't joked about or laughed at. But I have an inner barometer that has helped me get better at pinpointing what works for me and what feels too mean or too lazy. I like picking fair targets. I don't like calling babies on websites ugly or comedy that relies on humiliation. I love ensembles, and I hate when someone bails or sells their partner out. I love watching a good roast, but I don't think I would be particularly good at roasting someone. Maybe it all comes down to what you feel you're good at. I have a dirty mouth, but know that I don't always score when I work really blue. I have a sense of what kind of jokes I can get away with and still feel like my side of the street is clean. I like to lean my shoulder against limits and not depend on stuff that is shocking. 